Hi, my name is Victor, and welcome to the Spring Break edition of the USC Christian Challenge podcast. As we progress through life, it's important to get perspectives from those who have gone far before us, because we can learn so much more from their success and regrets to build our lives in a way that really pleases God. So in this age and stage talk, Neil and Matt encourage juniors going into the all-important senior year about what's really important for all of life. My name is Neil, if uh, I haven't met you. So uh, I'm, my name is Neil. This is Matt. And uh, so, uh, yeah. So so what we're going to do is we want to uh, cover some things uh, transitioning from junior year to senior year. And so we need your help in some things. One, uh, we realize everybody's not going to be at the same place. So, I mean, you know, I know that um, um, some of you, you know, you, you're, you've got a few more years under your belt as far as down the road, maybe some in ministry or some other areas. And so you, you're a little more experienced. Others, you know, maybe you've come to Christ recently or maybe you've just begun to really step into some things recently. And so you don't have as much of that. Um, it's good to just be wherever you are, you know, I mean, don't, uh, don't worry about that. I know that, uh, nothing's worse than somebody that is really about a three and they try to pretend they're a seven, uh, you know, because that's, that's not a good place. You know, what ends up happening invariably is, uh, they don't get the help they need because, you know, like for instance, you know, you, you've seen some of these little people running around this week. One of them's named, uh, Corey, one of them's named William, uh, you know, one of them's named Ruth. Now, you know, William, when William is first trying to tie his shoes, you know, I mean, he's, he's right now he's Velcro kind of a guy, but he's been working on that a little bit, you know, and uh, when Corey was learning, I'd say, now, Corey, here's, here's how you tie, and we'd be working on like tying a shoe or something like that, you know, and she would look at me like, okay, you know, and, and then she'd get it done. I said, Corey, that is so good. Look at that. And she's, you know, and the more you talk to I could do it again. Let's do it again. And she would work on that. He said, why? Because when you're that three like that, you know, you, you need to know somebody that's helping you learn how to do that. So you need the encouragement. See, you're the same way. If you're like, you know, a three spiritually or something, you really need the encouragement If people think you're a seven. They don't do that. I mean, it's like my wife, when she gets up and she starts putting on her shoes, I go, look, Melinda, look at that. Two little bunny ears. Oh yeah. You know, She's like, stop, you know, <laughs> why? Well, because she doesn't need the, see, so you miss out on that. And it's also the fact that, you know, in addition to that, there's going to come a situation that calls for a seven. And if you've been masquerading as a seven, they're going to go, Hey, step in. And you're going to, Oh, <coughs> nope. I think I pulled something. Don't think I can do it right now. You know, it's, that's uh, another word for bull. You know, you just don't know how to do it. So, you know, don't worry about where you are. You're going to be at a different place. Second thing is we're, we are convinced that um, we need your help. So what we want to do is we're, we're going to leave a lot of time for Q&A because we want to make sure we scratch where you itch and not just where we would like to talk about. So uh, we, want, we want to do that. And third thing is just, you know, as you transition, one of the things you're going to find out is this will probably occur to you about August is you're going to think, oh, shoot, I'm going to be a senior. All that great theory I had as a sophomore and junior about how I'm not worried about this and that. I'm going to be a senior. I'm actually going to graduate. And my folks are going to expect me to actually earn a living. You know, and so um, it's going to be 
some extra pressure that you're going to find on yourselves in some ways, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. You, you can find out your senior year can be wonderful. So we're going to talk about that. So Matt's going to kick us off and just start talking about some topics. And then you can be thinking about questions you have along the way, and we'll cover through about five areas. And then after we've talked about those five, then we'll open it up for questions you have. Matt? All right. So, yeah, like Neil said, we really want to – we kind of designed these points to um, apply to you wherever you're at, whether you're a three or a seven. Um, so we really hope that you can take away um, something from all of these points. And, yeah, just to kick us off, I think our first point is that what you do, like, next year as a senior will shape your entire future. It's not just about, you know, getting through the year and kind of pushing through, and then you'll start the rest of your life. Like, the habits that you build next year – the things that you choose to do, the friends that you choose to hang out with. Um, just like Bob's been talking about, I love how friendly he is with those guys, that group of guys that he has. Like you might meet some of those guys or girls like next year. And so that year is just so important for you to develop uh, just a future with your habits, the people you're around, just things like that. Um, something that reminds me of just that idea is just going on a mission trip and people that want to go on mission trips and sometimes uh, maybe they're at like a three, kind of like what Neil mentioned, and um, they just really haven't shared their faith, but they've, they've gone to a couple of challenge events, and so they get the idea, and they're just like, their heart is in it, you know, to go over there and to share with the lost, but really, they're, they're a little nervous to even like introduce themselves to a classmate, and I think that idea is there that um, you really need to build in like the now of what you think you're going to do in the future, like, it's not going to be just wait a year and then you'll get to it. Like, get to it now, like as a senior, as even as you're finishing up your junior year, really focus on um, building that character now. And that way you'll be ready for the future. Like, share the gospel now so that when you go overseas, you can share the gospel because you'll be confident in that. So, yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add. Neil. I think the only thing is, you know, the patterns that you're building that he's talking about, you need to really pay attention to those. A lot of times we have the idea that, um, well, I, I, I did this, but that's just like an isolated incident. And, th and then I did this that looks like very much the same, but it's just an isolated incident. And then I did this. No, you're building patterns. You are building patterns in your life. And what those really are are kind of like road markers along a certain path. And what you need to be wise enough to see is, you know, if you keep seeing signs that say something like Sacramento two miles ahead, you're not headed to San Diego. Okay. So, you know, you need to, you need to kind of, you know, clue into that and think, you know, if every road sign seems to be that I'm going this other way, then I, I shouldn't have the idea that, oh, I'm going to end up here. Because what I'll see with guys a lot of times is this idea of, well, I know this and this and this is true, but I intend to be here. And what you need to clearly get in your mind is it is direction, not intention, that determines your destination. So it doesn't matter what your intention is. What matters is what direction are you going? It's it's the direction, not the intention. And so, um, yeah, next. Yeah, that's great. I have uh, a lot of fraternity brothers at Chico State, and a lot of them have some sort of faith background, or at least they know, and they probably know it's good for them, but they're living the complete opposite lifestyle. And they love to say when I invite them to church or something like that, like, yeah, man, I'm busy now, but right when I graduate, like, let me know. And I'd love to go to church with you. Like, yeah, they're, they're seeing Sacramento and they're, they're not headed to San Diego. Yeah. Our second point for the afternoon, evening, 
is uh, that you have the potential to grow like an immense amount your last year, wherever you are. You can go from a three to a five, a seven to an eight, a seven to a 10, whatever number it is, like whatever spot you're in. Maybe you've just come to challenge last week and this is your first time connecting with people. Like challenge can grow your faith so much. And maybe you've been a student leader or you've been helping out, you lead a life group. And it can be tempting sometimes to think of just kind of letting other people lead or you've done enough and kind of take a back seat. Um, but I would really encourage you all to not take a back seat your last year. You can give so much and grow so much. Like as a Christ follower, your number one priority should be to love God. And wherever you are in life, no matter how much you love God, your priority should be to continue to love God and to grow in that love for God. And Challenge is such a great community to learn how to grow in that area, to be in a community with others that can help you grow. I just think it's a fantastic way for us to grow in our relationships with God. And um, I was just reading my quiet time, Luke 14, uh, last night. It talks about just counting the cost. And the idea there is that you might have to sacrifice. Maybe you are uh, a part of a um, another club that meets on the same days as challenge, or you just have a lot of really busy things at home that maybe prevent you from um, thinking that you have the time to have a quiet time or something like that. And you might need to really just take a good hard look, even if you think you've been a part of challenge for a long time or you're a student leader, like there's still maybe something that you might need to sacrifice to grow the most that you can as a senior. And so I'd really encourage all of you guys to take some time and really think about what your life would need to change, what you would need to change in your life to be able to really pursue God with your last year and really pursue being a part of a community that really values that relationship with God. Yeah. One of the things I, I would encourage you in that regard is, you know, guys, this isn't, this isn't really about um, just make another decision or this isn't like that. What, what you're going to find is that a lot of times we'll, we'll make decisions and then we won't do well or we'll, we'll stumble in those. Or, and then we think, oh, I just really need to make another decision. No, you don't. You need to, not just to make a decision. You need to manage your decision. There's a whole difference between making a decision and managing a decision. So once you've made it, then there's things you've got to do in order to manage it. You know, like you decide, okay. I really want to grow. I really want God to, to shape my heart, to shape my life. And, and so then you kind of sit there waiting for it to happen. And then you think, oh, I need to make another. No, you, you don't need to make another decision. You just need to manage it. You need, you need to tell yourself the truth that like, hey, you know what? Um, if I really want to grow, I probably ought to talk to some people who are like where I'd like to be and ask, what are some things I need to do to get there? And a lot of times I'll talk to people and they have this idea, well, isn't God just going to change me? Well, it's like a friend of mine, Harold Bullock says, he says, you know, when God works, you get blisters. You know, it's amazing how that works. But, you know, no, you need to do it. We, we think of change a lot of times in our life like it's like it's um, plastic surgery. Like we're just going to go in and lay down and then, you know, they're going to put us out. And when we wake up, we're going to be totally different. It's really like physical therapy. You know, you come to God and God says, OK, here's this and this and this that you can begin to do. And if you do this and work on it, it'll really reshape you. It'll really change your life. But you have some responsibility to do that. 
you know, um, one friend of mine used to say, when, when God gave you a brain, he gave you a lot of leading. And I think, you know, that's true. You know, so use your head and think, you know, think about, okay, what kind of things uh, could I do that would really help me to, to grow? Um, you know, how can I really step into this? You know, prioritize some of those things. The community itself is going to be tantamount to helping you. But God is the one who changes your life. You know, uh, when, when Paul says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. You know, how did you receive him? By grace through faith. How do you walk with him? By grace through faith. But you have to step in and, and actually put forth effort. God's, God's not opposed to effort. You know, he's not opposed to it at all. He's opposed to earning. He doesn't want you to think you're going to earn his favor. But he's not opposed to your effort. He wants you to work. He wants you to do that. In fact, you know, Paul, if several places, he says, these are things I labor at with all my heart, you know, with all my, all my strength that God gives me. So don't, uh, don't confuse those. It'll, it'll be a good thing. Yeah, it's good. Um, the third point for the night is to step up to the plate. Um, like you guys are going to be the seniors that maybe you were a freshman when you first joined Challenge and you saw some really cool older guys and gals walking around. They were really encouraging. Uh, they welcomed you. Uh, they were the ones that were serving and just really just an encouragement. And that's going to be you guys. So I really want you to think about uh, maybe someone that you've known that has helped welcome you into the Challenge community. And how can you be like them? I think that's a huge thing that we can grow in as stepping up to the plate. Like you guys will set the culture. Like us, like me being on staff at Chico and being a staff at USC, like there's only so many of us, but there are way many, way uh, more students uh, involved with just the community that are a part of challenge. And you guys are the ones that will set the community, that will set the culture for the community. And so I wanted to encourage you all to really think hard about what you can do in your own environment with the people that you're around. How can you be inclusive or encouraging or just setting the tone in your speech and your actions? I think there's a great need for um, students that can really do that. Like when I was a student and maybe the staff member that was discipling me would you know, tell me something. I was like, okay, yeah, he's a staff member. That, that guy is telling me that because it's um, just something that he does or something. And then I'd see my buddy and like, oh, he's, he's doing what my, that guy told me to do. Like, if my buddy's doing it, I guess I can do it too. Like, I think there's a lot of value as you guys are students investing in other students and bringing them around. They see and really look at what you do, what you say. So you do have an influence, even if it doesn't feel like it. Just like Bob mentioned this morning, um, man, what was it? He was talking about just the confession that he went up and said that and people were just like, oh yeah, we forgive you. And what was it, 30 years, later, 30 years later, that lady remembered it and it made an impact. And I have those stories for sure of other students in Challenge when I was younger that just did one little thing. Or maybe I was on a double date with an older couple and uh, maybe the guy like made some sarcastic remark and, and turned to me and said, hey, you know what? I wasn't treating my girlfriend well by saying that and I just wanted to apologize. And like that was just a little three second thing that he said. It stuck with me for years, it still does. And you guys will have the opportunity to really step up to be those people to influence others. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, I honestly don't have much to add to that. I think that's exactly right. I think, guys, 
you really are are ones that when people look at you, I mean, they look at staff sometimes and they think, you know, they're paid to be good. You're good for nothing, you know. And so they they look at you, and when when they see you do something, they think, oh yeah, you know what, that makes sense. You know, I mean, this is somebody just like me. And so the more you can set the pace, and setting the pace just simply means one thing: you go first and you do it right. If you go first and you do it right, then you set the pace for everybody else. And so, you know, just learning to do that. And, and um, you're not going to do it perfectly. No one expects you to. But you know what? Um, you you ought to you ought to at least you know be one of the ones who who is a pace setter for sure. You know, the next area um, that we wanted. Oh, if I can find it here. Good night. If I can open my phone up, I'll do it. Next area we wanted to look at was just you know sometimes. Um, as you're going into um, your senior year, maybe your junior year has been a lot of work. And, you know, you can think, okay, this is, gosh, this is kind of a grind sometimes. And it just seems like there's things to do. Well, welcome to adulthood. Uh, you know, as one coach of mine used to say, hey, cheer up, it gets worse. Uh, so, you know, I think that, you know, one of the things you want to do is as you're in there, remind yourself it's a season. It's a season you're going through. But one of the things that you ought to make true of your life now and in the years to come is this. Everything that you, every rhythm you build in your life ought to have two characteristics. It ought to be stretching, but it ought to be sustainable. And if you're in a rhythm that is just not sustainable. Now, I'm not talking that you're not going to have like three weeks at the first of the semester that are, you know, like, oh, wow, this does not feel like it would be sustainable. It's not. It only goes for three weeks. That's why, you know, you don't have to worry about it. But, you know, what you'll find is that the rhythms, the normal rhythms of your life as you go throughout the year, you ought to make them to where they're, they're stretching. They actually cause you to cast yourself upon God, to go before God and ask for help, to really lean into him. It ought to be stretching, but it ought to be sustainable. It ought to be something that, you know, you could say, you know, I could do this the rest of my life and I, I'd actually be okay. You know, I mean, I, I could, I could hold out and I could do it. So build both of those. in. if you have more questions about, you know, how to build some rhythms and we can talk about that later, but, you know, realize that if you've gone through kind of a thing, it is seasonal and also realize, you know, there needs to be some right characteristics about it. Matt, things you want to say about that? Yeah, that really reminds me of the Luke 16.10 principle, if you guys have heard of that. The idea of just, if you are faithful and very little, like you can be trusted with much. If you are trusted with little, you can be trusted with much. And that idea is that you have maybe just, uh, you know, reading the Bible daily, and that's where you're at. Or maybe you're leading a life group, and that's where you're at. Whatever you are doing, whatever responsibilities you have been given, I'd encourage you to be faithful with those. And God is the one that will grow your ability and your capacity to continue to be faithful with more. That your plate is just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. If, if you can handle something, then God is going to increase your capacity. And I think the trick there that I've learned personally is that if I grow my plate pretty big and I've been faithful for maybe a year and I have a lot going on, and then for some reason I'm just not in sync with God, I've just been struggling in my walk personally, um, but I try to handle all these ministry things, and even just like working part-time, school full-time, like I can't, I, things will fail. And the key there is to remain in this spirit as you are continuing to build your um, just capacity and being faithful with what you've been given.
So, yeah, I really yeah. like what you said, though. Good. That's good. You know, the last thing that we want to talk to you about is, you know, finish well. Finish well. Because how you finish is how you're remembered. You you don't want to forget that. How you finish is how you're remembered. You know, let me ask you a question. Um, in the 2008, many of you, anybody, anybody likes to watch the Olympics? We have any Olympic fans out here? You know, okay, I'm glad all four of you like the Olympics. Uh, you know, so, you know, okay. So you like the, in the 2008 Olympics, uh, they had the women's track. Like I love track things. I love watching some of that stuff. Don't like running, but I love other people running. So, uh, you know, so I was watching the women's four by 400. And uh, does anybody remember like, who won the women's four by 400? Hmm? Yeah, no one may remember, but we're, we're glad. Maybe you watch TV. Uh, so what, you, what you'll find is the United States won. Actually, Allison Felix anchored the team. Yeah, they came in. You know, they, well, she didn't anchor it. She was a third leg. But, you know, they came in. They won the most decorated athlete, by the way, in Olympic history. I mean, they won it all. Here's the thing that most people don't remember. For the first 1,580 meters of that race, Russia was winning all the way through. In fact, when, when we took the handoff, we were sorely behind. But the gal that Allison handed it to took off. And you know what? She finished. And guess what? How you finish is how you're remembered. And one of the things that you want to do is you want to begin to tell yourself, you know what? I need to finish well. Now, a lot of times we think, well, that means that I, 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 need, to, I need to have my job lined up already, and I probably need to, you know, I need to be thinking about this and this. No, that doesn't mean all that. What that means, means is this. Your success in the next thing that God has for you, the best road to that is faithfulness in the thing that God has for you right now. And if you'll stay faithful in what he has for you right now, you'll find that equips you better than anything for the next phase that God has for you. But you've got to be faithful right there because, you know, we tend to have this idea a lot of times, guys, something like, I just wish God would tell me what's next. You know, I mean, honestly, if he would show me what he has for me, like in 15 years, I so would do it. No, no you so would screw it up is what you would do. You know, what you would find is this. See, like if God says, okay, there's what I have for you right over there, you know, right by that table. That's what I have for you. See, right now, you know what we would do? Okay. Don't need to pray. Don't need to trust God. Don't need to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get up. I'm going to find the shortest distance from here to there, and I'm going to get there. And what you'd find is when you got there, you were totally unable to really do something because what you find is you start walking with God and the next step you find is he takes you over here to the whiteboard and you think I could have sworn it was the table oh well and you you know the next thing he does he, he takes you back to the chairs in the back you're like what chairs what in the world is this about then he brings you up here to the stage you stage I've always thought this you know and you know you he brings you over here then next thing you know he takes you back to the booth and booth well it's not the booth you know and then all of a sudden he takes you over to the table and you thought it was the table and you think, why didn't you just take me straight to the table? And God says, because you wouldn't have been ready for the table. See, I had to take you there, there, here, there, and there, so that when I got you to there, you'd be ready for it. And men and women, too often what we try to do is we try to figure out, you know, 
God, just give us, you know, just give us the, uh, this um, map and we're good to go. And he says, no, I, I'll do it better than that. I'll just give you myself and I'll walk with you. And so you just take the steps that are before you and, and I'll help you. But if you want to finish well, stay in step with him. If you want to finish well, you know, be faithful in things. If you want to finish well, tell, remind yourself how you finish. That, that's going to be how you remembered. Yeah. Um, a thought I had there was like the idea of it being in all areas of your life. Um, I know from talking to people and they're on board with that. Like they want to be faithful with the, the next step. Um, but the way they interpret um, maybe wise counsel or scripture, whatever it is, is through a lens of a plan that they already have, whether it's after school or what they're doing senior year. So they'll take advice of, um, man, get connected to community at a church that's growing and there's a church like that you guys go to, whether it's in Chico or at USC or CIV, like those churches are great community. And there's, there might be people that think about that and they think, yeah, well, I, I need to um, go to Florida because it's warm there. But once I get there, I will definitely like try to find a church if I have time or like if my job, I'll find my job first and it might be working on Sundays. But if I have Sundays off, you better believe I'm going to find that community and find a church. And I find that all too often in different areas where um, it's something we don't even realize we're holding on to, but it's an area that we um, just have that control over. And so when we hear um, just scripture, like wisdom about the next step that God might be leading us towards, um, sometimes it's hard to see it clearly through the lens that we have with holding on to something. Um, that was just a, a thought I had with, um, you all that I've I've struggled through with my own things that I've been trying to hold on to. So I'd encourage you to really seek to um, be as open as you can, open as possible to um, whatever God may be leading you, even if it feels like it might not be exactly what you have planned for your life in the moment, and really struggle through that. But yeah, that's a great point. I think fishing well is huge. Yeah, we we would like to hear from you and find out what are. What are questions you have as you think about next year? Some of you are going next year. I'm thinking about next week. Uh, or some of you are thinking about dinner. Uh, you know, so I understand. But, you know, as you think about next year, this will be new territory for some. As you think about next year, what are some of the questions that you have um, that come to your mind? You know, one thing I would encourage you, I, I would begin, if you're not in the habit of having questions, I, I would begin to have some. Uh, and I'm not talking about like right this second, but I mean, you can now too. But what I am talking about, I would get in the habit of asking questions because our assumption most of the time is we kind of know. We just kind of know. You know what Proverbs says, do you see a man who's wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Now, if you've ever read scriptures a lot, they don't give a lot of hope for fools, you know, but there's more for a fool than there is for that guy. So, you know, get in the habit of asking questions. If what you'll find is you can learn a whole lot from people, you know, and, and Proverbs 13, 20, you know, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So get around some people and that are really wise and that you can learn from. And, you know, You'll watch them. When you watch them, one of the things you'll probably notice about them is they ask questions, you know. So uh, do that. It'll be helpful. So questions you have, we want to know. We are curious. Yes. Uh, you guys talked about, like, setting up good habits now or, like, building good patterns 
Well, that's a great question. Let me give you a couple that I would think of. Um, one, I think you need to build some um, ministry skills within your life. Before you graduate, there ought to be some things in your life that you have squared away. Basically, there ought to be about three. Um, you know, you ought to know how can you help someone um, from wherever they happen to be, however far away that is, to step from where they are to begin to move out of the domain of darkness and into the kingdom of God. How do you help someone, you know, uh, do that? So you ought to be able to share your story. You ought to be able to uh, clearly share the gospel. You ought to be able to have some tools in your toolbox for that. Secondly, you ought to be able to figure out how can you get a small group around and look into the scriptures and from that uh, get, get the small group to discuss those, get them to look at those, and then figure out how do you dress these up in denim and put them to work. And so, you know, it, the, the commission was not teach people the Bible. The commission was teach people to obey everything I've commanded, not just teach people everything I've commanded. So, you know, you want to teach them to obey. So you, you need to learn how can you lead a small group that's effective like that? And then thirdly, you want to figure out, okay, how can you take someone from wherever they happen to be maturity wise as a believer and help take them on towards maturity? And so those, those are some of the ministry skills you have. You need to learn some relational skills like, you know, how do you uh, how do you treat other people? The one another's are huge. Hard attitudes fit into that. As far as how do you really treat other people? You know, it, you would be wise to uh, develop some understanding in in financial things and uh, kind of begin to get some get an overview of okay, how do you handle uh, finances in a right way? Um, but if, if you'll begin to work on some of those areas right there, and then in your own personal habits, you need to develop some things like, okay, how do you uh, uh, spend time with God? How do you pray? and How do you listen to the voice of God? How do you do that? How do you get into the scriptures where you learn to live in and under the scriptures? And how, how do you do that? And if you do those things right there, those things will set you up for life um, in whatever field you go into. Yeah, I only had one thought, and it was the idea of just getting around wise people, like whatever stage of life. I know it's really easy for us here at Challenge. Like for me personally, someone just walked up to me and started discipling me basically. Like I didn't have to work really hard, and I'm super grateful that that happened. And I know that in different stages of life, like at your job, you're not going to have a coworker asked to meet with you weekly and go over verses like that would be awesome if it did, <laughs> but I'm guessing that's probably not going to happen. So like aggressively seek people that you can be around to grow. Um, because if you do like want to grow in like your finances or something, and like if you forget that, but you have a wise leader around you that you can talk to, like they're going to be there to help you with that. And so that's like a catch all for me. It's just having wise people around you at all stages of life and, and being quick, like don't move home and like figure things out first and, and then worry about getting um, some counsel about something like by then you've already made your decisions, like get around someone as fast as you can or many guys or girls that you can. Um, yeah, that's what I would recommend for that. Good work. Others, questions? Yeah. Do I hold on to those or do I try to give those to others? 
one thing I'd tell you in that is, you know, I'd, I'd look at the people that are above you in those things, and I would get some input on that. In fact, one of the things you want to do is you, you want to learn to um, how to make wise decisions through life. And one of those big ways to do that is, and this, of course, it's what you're talking about is choices. And honestly, choices are going to determine a whole lot of your life. Uh, in fact, we, we tend to think it's circumstances, and it's, it's not. Uh, circumstances at the very first of your life determine a lot of things. As you go through life, they diminish to almost nothing. What makes the maximum impact in your life is choices. So therefore, you need to learn how to make wise decisions. And one of the things you can do there is, is make it a habit to get counsel. I used to think, um, you know, yeah, that's a good idea when you don't know what to do. And then I thought to myself, how often do I think I don't know what to do? Not very often. So I thought, no, you know what? You need to make it a habit of yours to get counsel when you think you don't know what to do and then when you think you do know what to do. You just need to make it a habit to get counsel. And if you do, that's why, you know, Solomon says, you know, uh, in an abundance of counselors, there's victory. You think this is the wisest man that ever lived. Why, why did he need counselors? That's one of the reasons he was the wisest man who ever lived. He had counselors, you know, so uh, begin to put those into your life. That'll really help you. I'd, that way you can get some more input about making a decision like that. Yeah, sometimes revisiting like um, opportunities that, that you have to lead, even if you've done it for years. I don't know, like if I do name tags one year and then the second year I'm asked to do it again, it's like, well, I'm locked in for life of being on the name tag team. And, and sometimes it's okay to like ask your leader, like, hey, what do you think about this? I know I have some other things going on or like, hey, what do you think about this person? Would it be good for them to take? Like, yeah, that idea of just asking someone and really seeing what they think. Um, yeah, that could be really helpful for seeing opportunities to either step down to be uh, going somewhere else or to give others an opportunity. But yeah, it's, it's helpful talking to other people and asking good questions. John Grayson. Kind of related to the, the last question, and I'd like to hear both your thoughts on this, because Matt, you brought up not taking a backseat in your senior year. How do you draw the balance between not taking a backseat, but also developing the guys that are coming up after us? Yeah, I think um, the, the concept there that I can kind of hear is being like a hero maker, like putting others, like giving them opportunities. Um, and I think that's a very different idea of like that's a good backseat that I would want to be in. It's like raising up leaders and helping them to take over. Like that takes work to do that and to be able to put people in position, even if it means you're not the one serving, but you're the one texting them to serve. Like um, I think the backseat that I would be careful to be in is the idea of kind of coasting through your last year, not necessarily building up other people and having people take your jobs, but um, just lackluster in your work, in your ministry, in your school. Um, not looking for new opportunities, just kind of like go into the meetings. You know, you're always faithful to be there, um, but maybe you're not uh, seeing new people and encouraging them. Maybe you're just kind of there with your other senior buddy and just kind of coasting. Um, so I think that idea is like a great opportunity to build up others uh, and take like the back seat by um, helping encourage and build up others. Um, yeah, so yeah, good distinction. I think there's two very different back seats there. I should probably come up with a different term for that, <laughs> like the hero maker one type of thing. But yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I think what, what you're looking at is your role changes each year. One of the things you want to do is you want to figure out, you want to pass off things. You know, the whole thing we're talking about, pass it on. You know, um, one of the things you're going to find is the most critical stage in, um, in the relay races is the handoff. 
It's the baton, you know, making that exchange. You only have a small window. And honestly, if you make the greatest handoff ever, but it's outside of that, that window, you're disqualified. You know, so if you make a great handoff the year after you graduate, bad handoff. You know, I mean, you, you, you've got a small window to do that. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that you're, you're thinking about those things. You're, you're actually handing it off. You're not just sloughing it off. You're not doing that, but you're actually, you know, um, showing them how to do it where they can do it and then helping them step into that role to where they can be success. When you begin to think of success more as how do the guys that follow you do rather than just how do you do, then, then you'll be much better off, you know, because uh, hopefully we can do things well. I mean, if we can't, you know, we need to reconsider. But um, how's how's the guy we're handing it off to? How's he going to do? Mm-hmm. Make it, make them a success. Yeah, I did another thought on that. Like, sure. it's huge to be able to um, hand off, and part of that is like a great leadership like quality is to be able to see. Um, maybe there's going to be a need a year from now and no one's asking about filling it, but you realize, yeah, I'm a senior and I'm in charge of like social media for challenge or something like that. Like that would be so great for if you're like, if you have someone that you're influencing, whether you're discipling them or just a friend that's getting connected, like what if you brought them with you next time you're taking pictures for challenge or you showed them why you're taking pictures and, oh, they have a camera too. Why don't you bring yours with me? Like that is a great thing that maybe you're not asked to do in your serving role to bring someone else with you, but what a great way to, um, kind of like stepping up to the plate, like as you guys are seniors and being those guys and girls leading, like why not bring other younger people with you in the ministry to really see how you live life? Like I think that's a great um, yeah. concept to build on. Totally. Yeah. Um, uh, what kinds of steps can I take to get a leadership opportunity like 14 or anything like that? Oh, that's a great, great question. I'll tell you what, one of the things that Matt just referenced a minute ago Faithfulness in little things will give you opportunity for faithfulness in bigger things. What we tend to do is, you know, someone will say something like, hey, can you handle this? And we think, ah, it's not that big of a deal. And so we don't really give it much attention. We kind of blow it off. And then we go, do you need me for something bigger? And they're like, yeah, not so much. And why? Well, because if you're not going to handle this and handle it well, why would I hand you the keys to the car? You know, I mean, I'm not going to do that. And so what you find is you need to really be faithful. You know, in Scripture, there's there's three areas. You know, it's always little before much, uh, you know, um, others, things before my things. And then it, it's like, you know, things before people. And so if you learn to focus with things with people and you do that, I mean, with things like, you know, a lot of our guys that are, um, they start off and a lot of them will will be on setup, they'll be on teardown, they'll do some things like that, and they'll handle those things incredibly well. What you'll find is many of those guys, they love it, and they'll continue on and do it through their senior year, and, and they do a great job. But it's working in those things where they're dealing with things that all of a sudden they also begin to learn some some patterns about how do you deal with people. And so they they step in, and they, they make some of the best leaders uh, of people because they've learned how to be faithful in these other arenas as well. So I, I, yeah, I would encourage you to do that, Matt. Yeah. A hard and humbling question to ask is like, what could I be doing differently or what, what do I need to change in my life? Just like being super vulnerable with, um, maybe someone that's discipling you or a trusted mentor or leader or staff. Um, I know that's always helpful if I'm wondering, 
Like, hey, why have I not been asked to do this? Like, just talk to my disciple and say, hey, like, um, I'm not trying to say that I should do this or that I deserve it, but I wanted to ask, like, in a humble way, um, like, what do you think needs to change in my life? Or what do you see that I can grow in? And that is a hard question and or a hard answer that you'll get. And so, yeah, that is something. And sometimes it might be, like, one area of your life and, like, the maybe leading or the serving opportunity might be way over here and it doesn't matter. But, like, to leadership and, like, to whatever else, like, it does matter. Like, that one area does affect that area. Um, even if it seems kind of different that we can maybe put aside something and um, live over here and lead this way, but they do a lot of things do matter. It is really important to get input. You know, I had a guy um, come to me about uh, three, three years ago, four years ago, I guess. And he said to me, um, he goes, Hey, I've got a question for you. And I said, sure. He goes, I noticed that several people have been receiving like, um, you know, like application things for ministry team. And I, I didn't get one. I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, you knew that? I said, yeah. He goes, was that a mistake? I said, no. And he goes, oh, um, well, you mind if I ask you why? I said, no, I don't mind. He goes, okay, why? And I said, okay. Uh, I said, well, honestly, um, to be, I said, how straight do you want it? He goes, no, I, I want it straight. I said, okay. I couldn't afford it. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, here's the thing. Um, you know, I, I would, we really want to see God do some things this next year on the campus. And we would really like him um, to be able to work in and through us. And one of the things God says in scripture is he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Seeing if I put you on the team, then every time we line up and I look across the line, there's God opposing us because you're a proud person. He goes, oh. I said, yeah. He walked out of there and he calls me about a week later and he goes, no one has ever told me that. But I knew something was wrong. And I said, yeah, that kind of be a, you know, and he said, how do I change that? I said, that's a great question. You know, I said, one of the things you want to do is begin to develop humility. And he said, uh, yeah, how do, how do you do that? I said, well, never pretend, never presume, never push. And what you'll find is you begin to do that, you'll develop a life of humility. And, you know, to his credit, he really spent that year doing that. He was on ministry team the next year and quite frankly did a great job. I mean, guys respected him and, you know, he, he really did well and people looked at him and he was a real asset. But, you know, sometimes what we need and just to, to Matt's point, sometimes what we need is we need someone that will love us enough to tell us the truth. And so that way we can really um, grow into that and step into it. That's a great question, though. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, you know, one thing I think about is when you mess up, fess up, clean it up, move forward. You know, so just go back and say, hey, I made a mistake. You know, I've had folks say that to me. You know, quite frankly, I, I understand. So don't worry about it. That's a good thing. Yep.
I'm sorry, could you repeat that last part? I would say the main way is Psalm 56, 3. You know, when I am afraid, I will trust in thee. You know, what, I, what I've always seen is fear is kind of like a nerve ending of your soul. And it just, uh, it helps you to know, okay, I, I need to be, you know, I need to be trusting God right here. And so, um, you know, I, I, I use fear as a kind of a, a um, prompter to lean more into God, to trust him. What you'll find is if you work on your identity on some things, the more you work on your identity, you know, what Bob was talking about earlier, telling yourself the truth about yourself from God's perspective, you begin to work on your identity. What you'll find is out of that identity, you'll begin to develop some healthy habits. Those healthy habits in turn will really reinforce your identity as being in Christ and the more it reinforces it, you'll develop healthy habits, which will tend to just spiral you more and help you. What you'll also find is if you think wrongly, you tend to develop bad habits. And those bad habits just fuel the thought that, you know, I'm a screw up. And then you just develop more habits that are bad and you just spiral down. So identity will really help you in part of that, in, in um, learning to build wise habits and learning to do that. And then you just... You trust God. You step out. You don't. Uh, you don't want to shrink back. You you realize that you know when, when, someone encourages you to step up, they encourage you to say it's. They're not just saying you know, resist sin. What they're saying is live a life to glorify God, live a life to step out for Him. Yeah, I think like the building blocks of, even just like spiritual disciplines, like having your quiet time daily and time alone with God to just pray and meditate on the word. I think those little things will really make an impact on the big things. And um, I had another point, but I think I lost it. So just stick with the building blocks. And yeah. Oh yes, I have it now. Um, actually like three or four years ago at Hume, we were talking about, um, it was just like a table. I think it was a workshop like at Ponderosa. And I remember the, um, the speaker was just talking about um, speech and people were just asking him, like, hey, how do I grow in that? Like, it's a big area that we haven't really tackled yet, and it's really hard because it's built into me. And um, he just told us, like, yeah, you're going to, like, something really helpful. It's going to be really hard. But, like, find 10 verses, 10 scriptures that will really apply to that area of life and memorize them. And that's that stuck with me for a long time. It still has. And I've come away with some really amazing verses that are, like, for me personally with my speech that I, like, have down just like that because of, um, just taking it seriously, like looking at those verses. And it's really encouraging, like having verses come to your mind as you're struggling through, whether it's fear or just a desire to grow in an area, but you're not quite sure how. Uh, just having scripture that the Holy Spirit can use to convict you and maybe even situations where you can put that into practice would be super helpful. How do you balance uh, trusting God with, say it again, Isaiah? Uh, your personal effort that you put in and trusting God to like, move and, and change when it comes to like, personal. Sure. Well, that's a great question. You know, one, one of the things what you're going to find is if, if you don't put in the personal effort, um, trusting God is kind of futile. 
you know, because there again, it's kind of, you know, it'd be kind of like if I said, you know, I'm going to go have a bowl of ice cream in here and sit down on the couch and really trust God to get me in better shape. Uh, you know, and you know, I think I will get in a different shape, um, but it won't necessarily be a better shape, you know? So, um, what I need to do is I need to think, okay, God, what are the things you've prescribed in your word? Kind of, how do you set this up? What you find a lot of times is, you know, we have like kind of a set way of looking at, at spiritual disciplines, which I think is sometimes good and sometimes a little off. Spiritual disciplines are anything you do in your life that help you to better live the life as an apprentice of Jesus. So whatever you do. So like there was this guy uh, used to teach at SC, a guy named Dallas Willard. And one day we're, we're having lunch and we're, we're chatting about this. And he says, now, Neil, let's talk about spiritual disciplines. And I was like, okay. And he goes, now, for instance, he said, um, when, when you are um, rested, are, are you more kind? Said, yeah. He goes, do you find you're more patient? I said, yeah. Do you find you treat people better? So yeah, he goes, well, a spiritual discipline for you might be making sure you get enough sleep. And I thought, I thought, okay. I thought, wow, yeah. And, you know, I mean, before it was kind of like, well, getting enough sleep's a nice idea. But then I began to realize, no, actually getting enough sleep actually helps me to be more like Jesus. And, you know, so you start realizing, you know, anything, any activity you're in that helps you to do that, beginning to introduce that. But you trust God to, to show some of those things to you, and you trust him to work through it. The main thing is, you know, a lot of times we focus on the results. What you've got to do is focus on the process. Focus on the process, trust the process, and God will be working to reshape you. So, you know, don't, uh, don't get lost. The results are in God's hands. But, you know, there's a process that's going to get you there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have much to add, I think that concept it's not let go and let god you know it's like you got a lot to do yeah. as you're trusting in god it's like you got to put in the work like the bible is pretty clear about how we can grow spiritually and like it, it takes work but mm -hmm. that's why we have the holy spirit that's why we have the word to be able to get that done that's a great question yeah, sometimes, like on a personal note, when I stress with the future, it's helpful to, um, like, set aside time almost to, like, give, I don't know, this is, like, a really practical tip, I guess, but, like, I would give myself, like, one hour or something on, like, a Monday during free time to um, maybe, like, look at jobs or, you know, whatever else it was in junior, senior year, and then I would, like, finish that time and think, okay, I'm not going to be distracted. I think there's a big difference between, um, like, being wise and planning for the future and being distracted or worried or anything else or stressed. And so that like hour or whatever that I picked as a time that I could really focus on it helped me to distinguish like planning for the hour and not like sitting around worrying. So that kind of concept of realizing like the wisdom in planning and looking ahead to the future, um, but not letting it get the best of you with the things that God has for you now. Yeah, I think that I think it's true. I think you know, in the, as far as the future, you can you can you've got two options. If it's something you can do something about, you plan. 
If it's something you can't, you pray. But you want to continue to look at your responsibilities that you have right now in the present and then ask yourself, okay, how can I be the most effective in carrying these things out? You know, how can I, how can I be faithful uh, in this to where, um, see, a lot of times I think we, we get confused. Um, how would I say it? We get confused with um, the quality of what we're doing. Like, um, I just need to make sure I do it like better than other people or something like that. I think, no, no, you need to do it to the best of your ability. You know, you need to see assignments as coming from God. It's a Colossians 3.23 type concept. You know, it doesn't matter. It's like when you take classes, you know, you need to go to class and it doesn't matter really whose name's on the syllabus. What you need to see is, you know, I want you to handle this class this way, signed the Lord Jesus. And you think, oh, would that make a difference in how you approach classes now? Oh, yeah. You know, when you're given uh, assignments at work or something like that, you don't want to see it like, you know, hey, can you handle these shifts? You know, the boss, you want to see, you know, can you handle these shifts? The Lord. And you think, oh, you know, I mean, just the way you approach it is different if you, if you do it like that. So I think remembering who it is you're actually serving in the present time and then also staying focused on what, what are the responsibilities be helpful. Any others? Yes. Melody. I am deaf in this year and can't hear out of this one. So you're going to have to speak up. So. Step away from bad habits. Ah, identify and step away. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what. Um, Sometimes what you can't see in the mirror, other people can see really well. And so one of the things I do is I talk to somebody else and uh, begin to ask them some questions like that. I'd say, you know, hey, do you do you see anything in me that you think, you know, maybe this is a habit I need to. I'm not going to like go postal on you if you answer, you know, I'd really like to know. And, you know, then let them, you know, speak into your life about that and look at that. I think the other things, look at, look at what are habits that seem to take you to a place you don't want to be sometimes. And, um, look at, uh, kind of where, where's the grind right there in your life? Because once you identify them, or if you're in scripture, what you're going to find as you're in scripture each day, a lot of times you'll be looking at something and you'll find out it points out something in your life that you're not doing you know, or it points out something you are, you know, like you run across something like Philippians 4, 8, and it says, finally, brethren, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, if there's anything excellent, anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. What do you think? Is that what I usually let my mind dwell on? Maybe not. So then you think, okay, that, that could be a habit right there I want to change. What you'll find is if you begin to develop some Keystone habits, some habits that you do them and they have kind of a ripple effect in other areas, it'll be huge. You know, um, Jeremy that works on staff with us, one of the things he talked about the other day, our, hab, our staff's been talking about habits a little bit. He said, um, we talked about, okay, you know, what, what, what is a small habit you can develop? He said, you know, I, I've, I figured out one of the, one of the key ones for me is one, one cup of uh, caffeinated stuff a day. 
He said, because what I found is I was really kind of out of touch with whether I needed rest. And I was really kind of out of touch with irritability. And he said, you know, because if you just keep drinking coffee, you know, I mean, boy, you can get through a lot of stuff. He said, so I, I had one cup a day. He said, suddenly when I was like, whoa, I am really tired. So I realized I really need rest. You know, I really need this. And see, there's different things you can do like that. You work on habits and it'll, it'll really help you. Yeah. There's two things, scripture and asking questions like the two verses that come to my mind are Philippians 4, 8 and Ephesians 4, 29. I would definitely look those up for just patterns that um, maybe the way you um, just view other things or um, speak. Uh, those are really valuable for uh, just getting convicted, honestly. And yeah, um, what he mentioned earlier about like the whole numbers thing, going back to that again, like if you're a three and you're pretending to be a seven, um, like with talking to someone and asking, like be as honest as possible. Like that's the way it's going to help. Like if you're, if you're meeting with someone, maybe that's discipling and you want to grow in an area and they ask you about your day and you said, yeah, I just watched some TV. Like maybe you watched like 12 hours of a really <laughs> inappropriate TV show that you shouldn't have been watching. But your disciples not going to know that. They're just going to say, oh, yeah, maybe watch a little less. But haha, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> so like the more like honest you can be with them, the more you can share with them exactly like what you're doing with your life and what your what habits you have and what kind of like like Philippians 4, eight, like what you're putting your mind to with social media and movies and shows like those things. Like if you can be honest with those, um, you're really going to be able to get valuable wisdom on how to be able to grow through those areas. So I'd really recommend like being as open and honest as possible. Dave, you had a question. I think sustainable is one of those things that, um, for instance, I, I have a friend that, um, he in ministry, he, he could burn through, um, a number of staff and a number of people fairly, fairly quickly because, um, you know, he would, he would expect them to, to go at kind of like a, a breakneck speed way too much. And, um, you, you can't do that. You know, what you're going to find is there are, there are things you can do. Now I will tell you this, we, we tend to think in our minds, comfort equals capacity. That is not true. Comfort is always less than capacity. And so, you know, what you need to do is you need to, you know, push yourself and learn to attempt more than you can actually do in some things with a good attitude. And then what you'll find is you'll begin to actually learn what are your limits? What are your capacity? You know, I've bumped up against that a couple of times where I thought, okay, I think I've reached it. Uh, you know, so what you'll want to do is you want to try it. I would say that some people are in no danger of ever burning out. You know, I mean, they, you know, like I had one guy tell me how he was overwhelmed one day and he, I said, tell me about it. So he described his week for me. I said, that's Monday for me. Uh, you know, get over it. You know, let's move on. You know, I mean, uh, it's, it's like you need to actually learn 
limits and learn capacity. And then um, as you do, set a schedule that leaves some margin so you, so you don't do that. Yeah, I think uh, from my personal experience and probably talking to a lot of guys in here, like laziness is a pretty big thing. And so what I had to wrestle through with uh, like my time in college and um, growing in like capacity and getting more responsibilities, like I would feel burnt out like my freshman year when I've just finished up with high school and was now in college and um, starting to grow in ministry. And it's like, wow, I used to play three hours of video games every day. And I had to like set up early for this thing. And by the time I got home, I could only play one hour and then I had to go to bed like that was exhausting. I need to talk to someone. I don't think I can be on setup team anymore. Like, honestly, guys, like that was kind of like what I experienced and just like learning about capacity. I'm like, man, that is so true. I do need more rest and I do need to figure these things out. And like, after like growing through that and kind of realizing like, yeah, actually, um, there is a level of, um, maybe comfort that I do like that I can give up and still like not even meet my capacity. Um, so definitely like look through in your own life, like what, like if there is some level of laziness and maybe that has a, like an influence on your capacity and um, and there is time for margin, like that is super valuable. I'm not saying like get rid of any like rest and video game or TV or whatever it is that you do, like that is important. But if that's like what you crave in a day and that what that's what makes you exhausted is if you can't get to that and you're stuck doing like ministry and working hard, like that's, that's life, you know, that's Monday. So yeah. that's just something to grow in. Yep. Right behind you, Chris, and then you, Chris. So earlier you guys were talking about like uh, a good way to like prepare for the future is to see somebody who is where you want to be yeah. and to prepare yourself and be like, I was like prepare myself and be like, how can I like also be more like that? So how do we like do that without becoming envious of them or like comparing ourselves in a bad way of like you know, just emphasizing what we're like, how can we do that and, like, actually get something out? That's a good question. Thoughts? So your question was, how can you look at someone that's where you want to be, maybe like a year or five years in the future and not get envious? Yeah, I think just understanding where God has you and, like, know, having that perspective of, like, that is not where God has placed you. And God has placed you where you are right now. And so taking like a, whether it's a humble perspective or whatever else to see, oh yeah, man, that guy is really good at, you know, just um, working hard or socializing with others or the way he holds himself. Like, okay, then what can I do now to take steps in that way and not be frustrated that I'm not like that person or that I'm not, uh, you know, like in a full-time job, whatever it is, but um, just taking steps to be able to grow and kind of understanding where God has you. Yeah, I, th I think if you tell yourself some things that are true, like, you know, um, every good and perfect gift is from above. So, you know, as James tells us, so one of the things, you know, God has obviously given him some things right there. And so, you know, I, I you know, God's chosen that for him. You know, but another thing to tell yourself is, is just the reality. I'm looking at just what he has. I'm not thinking about what it costs to get there. You know, uh, friend of mine says, everybody wants a testimony. Nobody wants to pay for one. And I think that's true. You know, I see a lot of people and they're like, oh man, they'll hear like, you know, something Brian shared the other day and they'll say, oh man, yeah, you know, I'd like to have a testimony like that. And I think, really? Do you? You want, you want to pay for that? No, I just kind of like someone to hand it to me. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. You know, testimonies take some work. 
And so, you know, what, what you have to do is you realize anything that somebody's doing, like if they have a certain position or something, there, there, was, there was work associated with that. Now, God chose to put them in that place, but there was work that, that came with that as well. So you have to be willing to, to accept both. Like I look sometimes and I look at Matt and I think, boy, Matt really plays keys well. You know, I, I'd love to do that. Then I look at Matt practice. I think not that much, uh, you know, so, yeah, it's pretty simple. So. Chris, you had a question. Yeah, how do you go about uh, like clearing up relationship tension with like a friend or like a roommate or something? Um, I think it depends on. I think it depends on what it is. But you know, you um, as far as like his fault, your fault, you know, whatever the thing is, just tension. Um, but one of the things you can do is, you know, you can just talk to him and say, hey, um, there, there is a, you know, situation that I've, like if it's something he's doing, you know, there's a, there's a situation that I've noticed that I think needs to be addressed. And um, if you'd like me to talk to you about that, let me know. That way if he says, uh, okay, and doesn't say anything, then you know he doesn't really want to know. Uh, at the same time, if he says, um, yeah, I want to know, and you start telling him, and he gets upset, you can say, hey, you were the one who said you wanted to know. And so, you know, you can help him with that. But then very clearly go back. I mean, if it's something you've done, you want to own it. So go in, clear it up, you know, identify what you did without accusing him of anything. And then, you know, ask for forgiveness and get it cleared up. If it's him that's done something, bring it up to him and help him to see that, you know, um, you know, when you did this, that didn't land well, you know, but then do that, get the things cleared up. It's a smart thing. Yeah. Either way, humbly, like you said, like if it's you and someone else, like try to just bring up your stuff and just don't say, yeah, well, if I, if you wouldn't have done that. And then if you're bringing something else up that they've done, it's like so much easier for me to say, dude, stop being a jerk. But in reality, what I need to say is like, hey, um, I like actually was offended by the way you did this. And um, I just need to work on growing like my ability to, you know, have a tough skin. And um, it just hurt my feelings. Like it, it like hurts me as a person to say um, like it hurt my feelings, like that phrase. And that's just my pride telling me that. And so being able to be humble and to like come at it in an appropriate way and go a long way. Well. Uh, we'll take this one. This will be our last question, right? These my question together, but um, I did without a bit of backstory. I don't think I'll be able to. But uh, I work twenty hours a week, and I'm a full time student. Uh, and I don't. I generally don't go to bed until like one a.m., two a.m. Just finishing homework. Um, so I kind of live in the brink of burnout almost every day. Uh, but how do I go about? Not how do I go about dealing with uh, I guess you could say convincing myself that this is where God wants me to do when I know I guess you could say I don't really have, I don't want to say I don't have time but because there's been many moments that I've had time but I just couldn't because of homework and stuff like that and this here coming here to him was was an opportunity that God really gave me. Enjoy, but how do I deal with not convincing myself that, oh, okay, God, please help me. Uh, I need your guidance, your strength, but uh, dealing with all this right now, 
able to actually go to challenge to life group and actually meet with these people. Mm -hmm. I think if I'm understanding, and I want to make sure I'm understanding your question, is the question, um, how do you communicate that to someone or how do you communicate it to yourself or, or do you have a different perspective or what is the question exactly? Well, you know what? A couple, couple of things there. I think you you want to look at some, sometimes um, we can't um, come up with an answer because we need to check our presuppositions. You know, we need to look and say, okay, what am I, what am I already deciding? You know, okay, well, this can't change. This can't can't you know can't be different. A lot of times if you'll step back and you'll identify your presuppositions, you'll find out there are some things that can change in your schedule. You know, like, I mean, when I went through grad school, um, you know, I went through working about 45 to 50 hours a week, going to a full-time load of grad school, doing ministry with a wife and several kids. And, you know, to say, yeah, you can get tired during that. I, yeah, you can. I mean, but I have to remind myself, this is a season. This is a season. You know, I think you can waste a lot of time worrying about what other people think sometimes. You need to tell yourself through this. It's more important what God knows than what people think. So don't stress out about what everyone's thinking. But I would get some, I'd get some input from somebody and say, you know, are there some areas that I could change this? I can't really see what they are right now. Because I get some areas and I could change this some. And what you'll find a lot of times is things you couldn't necessarily see, somebody else can see, and they can help you to tweak some things. And then, you know, it feels like oh, much better, you know, but uh, sometimes you just need some help in that. Yeah, really quick. I had like through high school and then into college, I had a job that was like sometimes Thursday nights and Friday nights, Saturday nights, sometimes Sundays. It was just like a grind on weekends. I never got to see friends, never got to go to challenge events. And that was like a struggle. And so I ended up switching a job and got one mornings. It was actually more hours Monday through Friday, but it was mornings. And just being able to switch around like a schedule, whether it was work or school, like whatever it might be for you. But I really encourage you, like Neil said, to kind of take a step back and look at something that maybe um, could change. And that was like a big thing for me was like finding a, a different job in my life stage to be able to um, sacrifice. Because I, I like that original job, but being able to go to like the Tuesday nights and the, the weekend events with challenge and to build that community of people that I wanted to live my life with that I still know now, five years later, that was like a big step in my life. So being able to like really think through and talk through with um, people, what might be able to change or what could work for you. One thing I'd encourage you guys is this, you know, there are seniors above you and I'd encourage you grab some time with one of them and just ask them, you know, 
with me, you know, good one that knows you. Okay, don't just walk up and go, hi, are you a senior? Yes, I need to know. Uh, you know, don't do that. But find one that knows you and then say, knowing me, what are some things you think I would be good to address before next year? And let them give you some input. And don't start arguing with them when they do. Okay, but, you know, actually listen to, you know, James 119, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, you know, and listen to what they have to say. And, and I think what you'll find is you, you can probably get some really good advice on that. Make sense? Great. Well, thanks guys for coming. Hope, hope it was helpful. See you. Thanks for listening to the spring break 2022 season of the USC Christian Challenge podcast. Catch up on and review the rest of the sessions right here on all of your favorite podcast platforms and leave us a review if you'd please. Get involved and find out more about us, weekly small groups, and upcoming events like this spring break retreat on Instagram at USC Challenge and on our website, uscchristianchallenge.com.